Hi everyone, and welcome back to The Bliss Bakery, where you'll get your wholesome slice of life. I'm Rachel, and surprise, it's just me today. Today there's not going to be a guest intro, because it's just me, myself, and I. I know I said I wouldn't be recording podcasts alone, because... That's kind of boring, and who really wants to listen to me talk to myself? But I think this topic only makes sense by myself, because today I want to talk about being alone, but not lonely. But firstly, one thing I always ask my guests is to share something that happened to them last week, and I've always wanted to do this myself. So, last week, something interesting that happened to me was I got COVID a second time round, and I spent most of last week isolating. But I was pretty lucky because Lucas was at home and he didn't go out that much either. So we ended up just having a week of quality time together. And very luckily as well, he didn't get COVID from me either, which I thought was going to be a sure thing. I suspected I had it because I wasn't feeling that well after the weekend last week and I'd been super active. I had gone to the gym on Friday night and then Saturday I had training in the morning then went rock climbing and then on Sunday had training in the morning again and then went bouldering and so after that I kind of felt really tired and I had a headache so I thought it was the flu but then it turned out to be COVID and I'm all better now so it was just like a very short stint. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about being alone but not lonely. In this episode, I want to explore the experience of being by yourself. Does it always have to be a bad thing? And how to get better at enjoying your own company? But first, let me start with a little bit about me. So, as you all probably know by now from episode 4, I'm an introvert. And so, surely as an introvert, it's easy to be alone, right? One thing I've heard before from someone else about testing whether you're truly an introvert or an extrovert is when someone tells you, last week I spent all week alone, how would you react to that? Would you think, hmm, that sounds really sad? Or would you think, ah, that sounds really refreshing and peaceful? If you put a more negative spin on it, then perhaps you are more of an extroverted person. And if you put a more positive spin on that experience, then perhaps you are more introverted. I just thought that was interesting. I don't know though, because alone has a negative connotation, doesn't it? So even though I know I'm introverted, I still kind of think, oh, like that's, that's sad. Anyway, I'm learning a lot about how to be alone because Lucas is away for work a lot. Like he's away this week as well. And he was away last week. So I am learning a lot more about how to spend my time when I'm by myself, especially after having moved out of my family home as well. I think this is an appropriate place to give a quick promo about the next episode because I am going to dive more deeply into this topic and I'm going to have Lucas guest star. Is he a star? I guess so. He will guest star on that episode and we will talk about figuring out how to maintain balance in a relationship. So look forward to that one. So back to being an introvert and also someone who has massive social anxiety. What this looks like day to day is 
For example, I will get really anxious when it comes to unexpected conversations. Like if I just bump into a friend on the street, I will panic a little bit inside because I hadn't mentally prepared myself to have a conversation with them. I prefer to do things alone if they're more ad hoc rather than ask if someone else wants to join. For example, if I'm like by myself, haven't made plans for the day, and then I'm like, oh, maybe I'll watch a movie today. I think I'd be more likely to go and watch that movie by myself than message my friends and ask if anyone wants to join me. And another instance, I guess, of what it looks like is I might duck from friends sometimes because I feel awkward. And I mean like physically duck. My friend Lucy knows about this. Once we were both driving on the way home and our cars coincidentally were next to each other in the lanes and I looked over, saw her, I was in the passenger seat and I kind of just like slowly sank down so she couldn't see me, although she had already seen me by then, but I just felt so awkward. Maybe that is just an awkward situation though. Yeah, that's just kind of a little bit about me as an introvert and a social anxietist. The other thing is, I feel like I maybe don't have that many friends, and I don't know whether this is fact or whether, like I talked about in my episode with Lucia about toxic friendships, my outlook on friends or my expectations on friends is a lot higher. So a lot of the time it means it's harder for me to build trust and bond with people, And it definitely takes me more than a couple of just meetings to actually call someone my friend. And so I tend to feel lonely because I just haven't spent the amount of time with other people I've met recently for me in my mind to call them a friend, even though they probably are. So being an introvert doesn't mean I don't feel lonely, as you can see, but it also doesn't mean I don't enjoy hanging out with friends. And it may sound like that's the case where I just want to be alone, but to be honest, it's kind of like I get stressed hanging out with other people, but I also don't like being by myself all the time. And if I'm by myself all the time, I feel isolated and sad. (laughs) But at the same time, when I'm at home by myself, I also feel very safe. I don't know, is that something everyone else experiences uh, if you are introverted or just in general as a human? (laughs) Well, when do I feel most alone then? And I think there are a few situations where this happens. The first is when I don't have Lucas with me. And again, I don't want to dive into this topic too much because I am going to explore it more in the next episode with him. But I almost wonder, does that mean sometimes if your significant other isn't with you and you feel lonely, that you have too much dependence in your relationship and it might not be a healthy thing? Sometimes I also feel alone when he's physically present, but not mentally. And there's a lot more time since we've moved in together where it does feel like we are together most of the time, but we spend less meaningful or quality time together. He's always looking at his phone or I'm always looking at my phone and we're not really connecting. Another instance of when I feel most alone is when I don't relate to people and I feel like I don't belong. So maybe I'll give you a story of when I felt really alone but was surrounded by a lot of people. Um, There was this time a few months ago where it was probably the first time I ever went out to a club. 
I know it's kind of weird. I'm 25, but hadn't been properly clubbing before. And so I was, I guess, pretty excited to go out and dress up. I really like when you go out, the part where you dress up and you make yourself look really pretty and you feel like it's a special occasion. That's so fun. And then we had dinner and then we went to the club and I didn't drink because I was going to drive us home. So maybe that was mistake number one. I was sober at the club. When I sat down, everyone was kind of partying and having fun, but I don't know, I just got struck by this immense social anxiety where as I was sitting there, I almost felt paralyzed. I couldn't get up and dance and it was really frustrating me because I wanted to have fun and I didn't want to look like the weirdo who just sat there the whole time, but the longer that I sat there as well, the more paralyzed I got. I literally felt like I couldn't move or stand up. And I really warmed that seat. That was a time where I felt extremely lonely. It felt like I didn't understand other people and dancing and partying. It's just such a normal thing and everyone's just doing it. But for some reason, I felt like I couldn't. There was this added pressure where it felt like I wasn't showing that I was having fun, but other people want you to have fun. So if you're not showing it, you're almost letting them down as well. And I just felt really bad about myself. I think I was like, am I friends with people who I don't relate to? Maybe there are a different group of people out there who get me and feel the same way. But I also don't know because I really like the vibe of this rowdy group of people who like to dance and have fun. It is a feeling of loneliness because you feel like you don't quite belong anywhere. Another time where I felt most alone was being physically alone. I think that where you are located can actually affect you a lot. This is probably because Lucas and I moved out almost two years ago now, and we moved somewhere that is pretty far away from the rest of our friends. Our friends at a similar time also moved out to a location where they're all pretty close in proximity and so sometimes I guess it can feel lonely because when you live close to your friends it's quite nice because you can just hit them up anytime or you can hang out more casually rather than it feeling like it has to be an organized thing. Yeah so I think when you are physically further distanced away from people that you can hang out with easily then you probably tend to feel a little bit more lonely as well. But in that way, and also from the example that I gave before about belonging, I think that there is this big difference between being surrounded by people and feeling alone. And those two things are not mutually exclusive. So you can be surrounded by so many people, but still feel very much like you are the outlier. And everyone, I'm pretty sure, has this experience of feeling like other people don't understand them or that they're different, you know? But I think in a way, it almost feels like we're all alone. Does that aloneness make us together? (laughs) Feeling unique is a profoundly human experience that everyone understands. So no one is truly unique because we all feel like we are. It's so trippy. Lucas always says he believes that no one does anything truly unique in terms of your human experience. If you've had a thought, just like I'm having this thought now, someone else has probably had this thought before as well at some point in history. 
I always try to disprove him by like waving my hands in some random fashion and being like, oh, has someone ever done this at this exact moment in a car before? I don't want to believe it, but I kind of see his point. So I guess that takes us to the question of, is loneliness a bad thing then? And my answer is, yeah. (laughs) People need human touch. I talked about this in the episode of Lucia on Toxic Friendship. What was it? Like, in order to decrease the chances of depression, people need seven uh, touches of meaningful human contact a day. I mean, I guess you see, like, babies who need warmth in their formative years in order to become well-adjusted. I think loneliness can be a bad thing, but I think that, get this, being alone is not a bad thing. And you need to learn how to be alone in order to have a balanced and healthy life. It's probably one of the most important things because everyone experiences loneliness and everyone needs to be alone at some point in their life and be okay with it. For example, if you think about one of my favorite YouTubers is Michelle Choi, and she has her Living Alone series. There's something about being alone, I think, that is kind of beautiful and calming. She's almost like the main character of her own story. Maybe learning how to be alone is actually a beautiful thing, and that's why we like watching other people on YouTube with their vlogs about living alone or like having an independent life or traveling solo. And then that got me thinking, how do you not feel lonely then when you are alone? That's the million dollar question, right? As an introvert, surely I would embrace the loneliness. Is that what you're thinking? Uh, nope. (laughs) Actually, I think that I've struggled with it quite a bit over the years. Like there was this one night where I was feeling so alone and I didn't even know why, but I just went to the living room while Lucas was in the bedroom. It was probably like 1am in the morning and I went down the deep rabbit hole of YouTube videos. You know how it can get. You just start watching one about how to not be lonely and you just keep falling deeper and deeper and the content is like how to never feel alone again, why you are feeling lonely and all this stuff. Yeah, I really got into it. Who was the YouTuber that I watched? Oh, It was Cole Hastings, and he had this video called Why You Always Feel Lonely. But yeah, I don't know, there's something about it that watching that at 1am in the morning is very therapeutic, and I don't know, it gets so deep. I'm at a point now where obviously I still struggle with loneliness, but I'm feeling really content in life, and I've shed myself of toxic friendships, I've built security in myself, I've been finding out what really matters to me and started doing things that I'm interested in. Yeah, in the past year, I've learned more about being alone. And this is partly due to being locked down from COVID, moving out at the same time, and Lucas starting a new job and being away a lot on business trips. So yeah, I feel like there's a few things that I can reflect on which have helped me be alone, but not lonely. So yes, I'm going to go through these. (laughs) The first thing I think is important is you need to be your own best friend and the only person that you can 100% depend on. Being in a relationship, it's really easy to feel like your boyfriend is your other half. Although you should be able to trust your boyfriend and believe that they will be there for you or boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever it is. 
at the same time, maybe you can only put like 99.8% of your trust in them. There are always going to be those moments where maybe they can't be there for you emotionally. Or say you guys break up, that will actually destroy you. So I don't think that you should ever think of your partner as your other half to complete yourself, but you should think of yourself as a whole. You need to be that first person to support and love yourself because, you know, even if they do, they can't all the time. That is a lot of pressure and expectation to put on another person. I think the second thing that's helped me be more alone is finding hobbies that you can be reflective to and channeling that into productivity. This kind of led me down the path of hyperfixation, which is essentially when you have a million hobbies that you're interested in and you invest in all of those at the same time. For example, I found a love for sewing and I started sewing a lot and then I'm doing this podcast now. I discovered film photography lately. I love video editing and I do my YouTube channel. So I don't know. I like to stay busy and always be doing something and producing something. There's a lot of hobbies that you can do alone. It almost distracts you. The other nice thing about doing your own hobbies is that there's a lot of hobbies that you can be self-reflective to. For example, when I sew, I often put on a podcast or sometimes I just like watch Netflix. But the nice thing about doing those things at the same time is that I feel like if I was just watching YouTube in bed by myself versus sewing and doing it, there's a bit more of a feeling of accomplishment for me where I don't feel so gross about just lounging (laughs) alone. The third thing that's helped me quite a bit is visiting my family and family is just so important. I realize this more and more as I get older These are the people who will be there for you. I know I said in my first tip, I guess, that you should be there for yourself because you're the number one person that you can rely on. Well, your family is probably the number two people you can rely on. They are supposed to unconditionally love you. And now I acknowledge that not everyone has family or good relationships with their family, so... I'm so sorry about that and I acknowledge that people are in a lot of different situations in their lives but for me personally I just think spending meaningful time with my family is so healing and definitely helps you feel less alone. I try to visit my family at least once a week even though they live really far away and even just staying the night at my parents house feels like a really nice thing sometimes because it's a bit of a change and it's better than being at home all by myself anyway. So I kind of think of it as your parents, your grandparents, they're getting older. They're not going to be here your whole life. And so you definitely don't want to regret anything in the future. You want to make sure that you've spent as much time as possible with them and you're happy and created a lot of great memories with them as well. The fourth thing that I found helps when I'm alone or when Lucas is away is making plans. I've been trying to spend more time with other people who have similar interests to me and it's pretty fun because I think it takes my reliance away from Lucas being my only friend and starts to help me build relationships with other people in settings where we're both interested in the same hobby. For example, I've been getting into bouldering quite a bit recently I won't touch on this one as much because, again, as I mentioned, we'll probably talk about this more in the next episode. 
The fifth, ooh, how many tips are there? Maybe eight. The fifth thing that I think is important is to stop living life through other people's stories on social media. You've probably all seen those YouTube videos or TikToks about dopamine hits and how social media affects your dopamine. Lucas is obsessed with those. (laughs) I think there is a great point to them. Scrolling through other people's stories is super counterproductive. You feel more alone because you're looking at other people's social plans and you're not with them doing those things. So even though it's called social media, maybe it should be called alone media. When I look through stories, it's like enjoyable for a little while, but when you keep coming back and periodically checking it, it kind of makes you feel really shit. You kind of think to yourself, what am I even scrolling for? And you see events that you're not invited to or people hanging out and having fun and you're kind of like, oh, I'm at home not doing anything, so I feel real alone. I still scroll through stories. It's not like I don't, but sometimes I will scroll through a couple of maybe people I'm like, oh yeah, I really care about this person. But I try to catch myself a lot and get out of that loop as quick as possible. Like I'll watch a few and then be like, no, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, and I'll get out of it and close the app. I think it gets you in the mindset where you're kind of like, oh, everyone else's life is so much fun except for mine. The sixth tip. I don't know, I don't really want to frame these as tips because I'm not like the master of not being lonely I'm just sharing, I guess, things that I've learned over time from my experience and reflecting on them a little bit. Yeah, the sixth thing I've been thinking about is pinpoint the people you like spending time with, but also lower your expectations of them. Sometimes I think for me, is it my expectations on other people that make me feel more lonely? We talked about this in Toxic Friendships. If you have high expectations for your friends, you may actually feel like you don't have friends. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I feel like I don't have that many friends, but maybe my criteria of what it means to be my friend is so high or the definition of what it is is different to how they define it. So I'm sure there's a lot of people who are kind of like, Rachel's my friend, but maybe in my mind, I'm still thinking, I really like this person, but I don't know if they're my friend. Would they do X or Y for me? Maybe not. Are they thinking of me when they want to create an event and... Would I be included in those plans? Maybe not. I think it is important to take away those expectations on other people. To give you an example, I think I was pretty immature in uni. I was having a toxic friendship where I had shared friends with the person that I was in a toxic friendship with. If those friends remained friends with this other person, in my mind, I kind of felt oh, like, they didn't side with me, so maybe they're not really my friends. Like, I don't trust them anymore. And that was me setting unrealistic expectations on this person because I know you want your friends to be loyal, but at the same time, this conflict isn't theirs. So they may have nothing against that other person and it doesn't mean that they're less your friend than that person's friend. And I think if I had thought about it in a more mature way of being like, hey, these people like to hang out with me and they also like to hang out with this other person and that's totally okay, maybe I would have felt less of this loneliness. The seventh thing that I have found battles loneliness is to make less friends. 
And that sounds wrong, but it'll make sense when I explain this. I think what you should do is take more time to be friends with the people you want to be friends with. And stop trying to make so many friends to fill loneliness because what ends up happening is you have to juggle all these people. You feel like you can't split your time well between people and then obviously they have their own lives as well. And if you're not dedicating enough time to them, they're probably dedicating it to someone else. Quantity does not reflect whether people really care about you or whether you feel less lonely. It's the depth of those relationships that help you feel more fulfilled. And then the last thing is so minor but important is language. And I mean this in terms of how you talk about your life and yourself can have an impact on how you actually feel. For example, if I'm going around saying to people, and I need to work on this because I still have done this, I did this last night, saying to people, oh, Lucas is away, I feel so lonely. That has an impact on my brain as well, telling me that I feel lonely, and it's this self-fulfilling cycle. But if I can change up my terminology and instead be like, I feel so independent, the use of the word independent, I think, gives a more positive spin to things, and then... In your mind, you have a more positive outlook on life. You feel less yucky and alone just because of changing up a few words. My friends and I tried doing this years ago at the Google internship where there was a point where we realized we were saying, I'm so tired, a lot. And then we decided instead to replace tired with lit. So every time we were about to say tired, we'd always be like, I feel so lit. And I don't know, it kind of helps, I think. It definitely makes at least the situation more humorous or gives you a smile. So yeah, that's a little bit of me reflecting on the topic of being alone but not lonely today. I hope you guys enjoyed this little ramble. Don't worry, uh, you won't have these too often. I will have a guest in my next episode Just as a summary of today, even for introverts like myself, we definitely do get lonely. But whilst loneliness may be a negative feeling, being alone does not have to be. And there are a bunch of ways, I guess, that you can distract yourself or learn to love yourself or just do small things which help you learn how to be alone. And that is a super important thing. So I hope you guys all keep that in mind. If you have other tips, please do share them with us. DM me on my Instagram at Heylini, H-E-Y-L-I-N-I. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Remember to tune in every Wednesday for the sugar, the spice, and everything that's nice in life with the Bliss Bakery. I will see you all next time. Bye!